yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Leia Healthcare. Looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, on this week's show, I'll be chatting about the prevalence of smoking in Ireland with senior counselling psychologist and chartered member of the Psychological Society of Ireland, Dr. Damien Lowry. Ireland is recognised as a global leader in tobacco control, having developed extensive treatment programmes for those struggling with tobacco and nicotine dependence. But can the country reach its goal of being tobacco-free by 2025? It may be a tall order. And how has COVID impacted ex-smokers? How many of you have picked up the habit all over again with the stress of the last year and a half? With the rise of e-cigarettes, should we be concerned by their use of young people? Well, joining me to discuss Ireland's relationship with smoking is Dr. Damien Lowry. Damien, you're very welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Delighted to have you on. It's a huge topic, lots of interest both in terms of listeners to the show and a personal interest as well. Um, let's get cracking. Outside the addiction to nicotine, why do people smoke? What's the reason behind it? Oh, Carl, you've started off with a hell of a question there. Uh, <laughs> there are going to be various reasons why people smoke, um, you know, and, and okay, it, it, some of the choices are going to, you know, be relevant at an individual level. But generally, nicotine is addictive, isn't it? We all know that. So that's certainly one of the reasons why people continue to smoke and it becomes habitual and it's just part and parcel of what they do on a weekly or, or indeed daily basis. But there are additional reasons that I guess can be more difficult to shirk if you're trying to kind of take a step back from smoking habits or quit altogether. Um, and that's because it's traditionally been and continues to be quite a social thing to do. I, even though pubs and restaurants across the country have very rightly banned it and that has been a fairly you know significant success in terms of curbing or mitigating the harms done by smoking there are smoking sections and anyone who's had a social life i know not many of us have had one in the last couple of years uh, but you know just thinking back over recent years or over one's 20s and 30s uh, on nights out most of the, of the action was taking place in the smoking area, you know, so that's where people kind of congregate. That's where a lot of the buzz is happening. And it's where people are obviously, you know, smoking their cigarettes and bits and bobs, too. So that's another reason. Um, and uh, I don't really like to, you know, put too much emphasis on this reason, but it comes up. I work in hospital psychology, as I'm sure you're aware, and it's not necessarily smoking cessation that I'm dealing with day in, day out, but it comes up from time to time. So in terms of, so we look at the social aspect and we look at the, the, the nicotine aspect, but there are other reasons as well that people smoke. Yeah, and it's not one I, I, I want to flag too much attention to, but uh, it, when it does come up in, in the context of conversations in the hospital here, we, we frequently talk in psychology circles about mindfulness and mindful breathing and breathing exercises amongst a whole load of other things too. It's not all about mindfulness. But, you know, I have heard patients describe their cigarette smoking as a mock 
breathing exercise, which they're obviously, you know, there's a, there's a trade-off there because they're doing harm to themselves. But they have a point, you know, the, the, the action and behavior involved in smoking a cigarette usually involves going outside, usually involves taking a break or having a breather from work or some other source of stress. There is a fresh air component to it. And obviously then there's the cigarette smoke component to it, which is the unhealthy part. But they're controlling and regulating their breathing rhythm and pace. And, and inherent in that is relaxation methods. So uh, as I said, it's, it's not a recommended form of relaxation. Uh, the harms outweigh the benefits <laughs> in the long run, particularly. But, but it's a part of the reason why people might enjoy it. You know? For a lot of people, it is that mindful, I suppose, experience. It, you know, it's focusing on doing something while you're doing it. And then you know, the, the cigarette provides that for people. And with COVID and the stresses of COVID, it's probably fair to say you know, people have, some people have taken back up smoking or maybe smoking more because it provides that sense of escapism for them. Yeah, it's a bit of a vice. It's, you know, we, we, we cope in a variety of ways and some of those ways are adaptive. They're considered healthy and good for us. And some of those uh, methods or ways are considered maladaptive or not great and not healthy. So for some, it might be alcohol consumption. I know I've heard a lot of people talk about an increase in alcohol consumption over the pandemic at home where they might not have consumed before. Similarly, people who used to be smokers perhaps gave it up or reduced their smoking uh, count. You know, they've kind of re-engaged with it in the absence of having other vices or coping uh, options available to them um and then there are obviously you know you're a major advocate of exercise and getting out and about and active and people have embraced that too to varying degrees and do you think smoking is still seen as a you know as something that's cool certainly when i was growing up it was cool no i never smoked i'd be disbanded from my family if i did uh we're in the health business but um it was a very cool, trendy kind of thing to do. Is that still the case, even with the rise of kind of health amongst that kind of teenage uh, and, and older population? Is it still trendy and cool? I can't believe you're asking me a question about what the young kids find cool. Carl, come on, I thought you knew me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose a major street cred now if I start talking about what's hip and cool. I know, but joking aside, like I, I think... I think it would be naive of us to think it's no longer viewed in that way. I think it will always really be viewed in that kind of way. There's an edginess to it, isn't there? You know, um, it's, it's, it's rebellious in, in its own right. Um, so it, it probably still kind of has a, a dimension of that going for it. Certainly, I hear that in any research or, or, or reading I've done around vaping, um, that that same theme or aspect is mentioned. And, and that's where a lot of the concerns around vaping comes in. I know we might get to talk about that in a little while, but uh, the, so the primary concerns are in relation to adolescents taking it up, even if they've never smoked before, because it probably has this edgy, cool, hip, I'm going <laughs> to say more words that embarrass me and my family and loved ones. But yeah, it, it, it definitely has. Been. But it's changed, you know, because when I was growing up, I don't know, I was born in the 70s. I was an 80s kid and teenage, 90s teenager. So that was coming through an era where we had like medical professionals and John Waynes and like Hollywood characters like advocating smoking and advertising it on behalf of the recommended brands you don't have that as much anymore it's kind of vanished from the advertising and marketing landscape and uh yeah that's probably altered it's it's the people's perception of it and whether it's cool or not but but it's it still sort of has that going for it yeah 
And is it fair to say then that, you know, the government approach and the government strategy on tobacco, even around advertising, marketing, or in timings of, and, and where people can, where the companies can advertise, that actually that does make a difference? It, it certainly seems to be. Um, and I know the government come in for all sorts of criticism all the time, but they do have to be given credit where credit perhaps is due. And successive governments, no particular government, over the years have probably continued uh, on in this vein and smoking rates over the years have fallen and changed uh so you know we've we've we, we kind of it's it's in the region of about two percent less people per annum tend to be smoking it's not a steady straight curve or or such but um it's 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 around 15 percent of the population currently uh smoke um, and then it's going to be higher in some subgroups or subsets of the population, slightly higher in the teenage to young kind of mid-20s group um, and increasing again to those between 25 and 35. And then it starts to kind of fall off um, as people, you know, perhaps become a little bit more health conscious in their middle age and elderly years um, and more aware of the, the harm that it's doing to them. But yeah, su- su- successive government policies, which you have to maybe say like, you know, they they take a bit of a blunt instrument to it. They just pile on the the tax really on it, isn't it? And make it increasingly and prohibitively expensive. So along with that is you see less people smoking because it's more costly. Uh, and perhaps then those that do, there's a shift. There's a shift from smoking traditional packets of cigarettes over to roll your own tobacco, uh, which is comparatively much, much cheaper. Um, and uh, as some folks who do uh, in my broader circles tell me they enjoy the ritual of that actually it becomes a kind of a thing in its own way so um yeah it, it's 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 a success story of sorts but yeah if you're talking about one in seven people in the population still smoking and um, that's quite quite a lot and and quite a significant health burden that might come down the tracks as a consequence of that and uh, in terms of socioeconomic groups, are there different socioeconomic areas or groups that are that's uh, have you know higher rates of smoking and lower rates of smoking, or is it across the board? Yeah, it's an interesting question, and 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 there's definitely something to it. It's been noted that smoking is disproportionately prevalent in more disadvantaged socioeconomic groups, uh, and the rate of smoking, for example, among manual labourers. Uh, is approximately more than double the the, the rate of smoking yeah. amongst people who would be classified according to these surveys and studies as skilled professionals in non-manual laboring jobs. Um, so that that's perhaps just an example to pick from a number uh, that highlights how it can be it's not it's not randomly distributed. So it it, it is more concentrated among certain age groups uh, as I said earlier on and then among you know certain socioeconomic groups as well where it's it's perhaps more culturally the norm um and there's a bit of modeling and observational learning going on around that uh, among other things and in other groups if you grew up in a family as as i think you said earlier on you did yourself that's very health conscious uh and you know involved in healthcare in one way or another um it's going to be more taboo you, you can still do it but you're running a gauntlet of hassle and 
Oh yeah. And, uh, said, I, I, I would have, I would have been kicked out of the house and sent away had I even looked at a cigarette, let alone, let alone smoke. That would not have been cool. Yeah. That's so the thing. I, I want to chat through people through tips in terms of how to quit in a second. But before we go there, and I know people have heard it all before, but you know, it's nice to, to review it too. In terms of the health risks of smoking, so uh, it's nice to remind people that these are phenomenally damaging things for our bodies. And it'd be nice just to run through the health risks and the health issues associated with people who do smoke. Yeah, look here, let me, as Will Ferrell says in some cool, hip youngster movie, let me hit you with some facts, okay? (laughs) Or, no, it's I got it wrong, let me hit you with some knowledge, I think is what he says. Um, So, yeah, look, we all know, and it's it's probably going to, in a way, I I can almost anticipate some of the listeners rolling their eyes because they've heard it so many times, and it's, you know, just oversaid and all the rest. So I, I appreciate that too, but smoking kills, right? So one in every two smokers will probably die from a tobacco related disease that is a stark fact like right statistically that is not good if you are a chronic smoker over the course of your lifetime it's going to get you right at least 50 percent of the time and it's known to take an estimated 10 to 15 quality years off of your life so even if you live to the age of 70 you're going to be struggling a lot more than you would otherwise be with health complaints that chronic disease burden, you know, uh, for a good chunk of that time. So you won't be able to derive as much satisfaction and fulfillment from your life uh, over those years, even if you survive uh, into your elderly years. So for me, that's probably a more worrisome thought than dying younger, um, as much as that is a worrisome thought too. I want to be able to enjoy as much of my life as possible. I want to remain active for as long as humanly possible. I know age is going to tighten its vice grip around me eventually, and I won't be able to go for my 5k runs or cycle with the kids or hang out at monkey bars in the playground and act the the lunatic. But I, I still want to be able to go for walks. I still want to be able to, uh, yeah, just enjoy peer walks with friends or play a game of golf or you know, walk up the flights of stairs in Crow Park on semi-final day because I never get a final day ticket if you're in the market, you know, <laughs> just keep me in mind. Uh, yeah, like I want to be able to do those things without like pausing every five or 10 minutes or being wheeled around. And look, people have to have to lean on on, on health aids, whether it's, um, you know, crutches or, or wheelchairs and, and other walking aids for very legitimate and good reasons too. But I'm just maybe making the point before I get too distracted from it that smoking really detracts from those quality of life years. Um, and every cigarette one person is said to smoke, again, this is an aggregate kind of reductionist statistic, but it's something to consider all the same. It's estimated to take about five and a half minutes off your life. I remember hearing that in my junior cert biology lesson where the big jar was smoking a cigarette through cotton, <laughs> you know, bowl, wool, woolly things. Um, and I was laughing at it. It didn't really sink in. But, you know, and it, I don't think it does per register cigarette. until... Yeah. So that So a box of cigarettes, uh, this is how um, little knowledge I have, but a box of cigarettes is about 20. So 20 cigarettes in a box. Yeah. So five by 20, so 100 minutes. So an hour and a half, basically, per box. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. That's a, that's wow. a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So and, if people are listening in and they haven't pricked up their ears uh, for those or those around them who smoke, they're certainly going to begin to do it now. That's for sure. Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. We're chatting all things smoking. I know we're going to get to how to 
give them up, how to quit, and also why to quit. Because we've hit you with some fairly bad news there. It's going to take years off your life. Every pack it is uh, 90 minutes of reduction of lifespan. It's going to reduce the quality of aging as you get older and all of that. But actually, there is some really good news. A, it's possible to quit. But also, B, if you do quit, we know that you know the body can help to repair itself, to replenish itself, to restore itself. So one of the big reasons for quitting is that if you quit, you can undo a lot of the, the damage and a lot of the, bad, uh, the, the badness that you've done to your body just by giving up smoking. Absolutely. For me, if you're going to quit, you've got to have motivation for quitting. And in this instance, obviously motivation for quitting smoking. Motivation is your source of inspiration, isn't it? <laughs> if you don't have a pool of some kind of motivation and inspiration to tap into, it's probably not going to go very well. At least you're you're not make you know you're not giving yourself every every kind of uh, wind at your back that you're going to need to 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 do something as challenging as this. So here are some perhaps reasons, generally speaking, why it would be a good thing to do. And look, if eighty three percent of people who take up smoking at some point say they've regretted doing so and they wished that they'd never started, I think. It is a signal to, to take heed of and listen to and, and consider. So I guess one of the reasons why people perhaps should consider quitting is because it's healthy to do so. Like lung function is believed to be largely restored within one year of quitting, even if you've smoked for a number of years prior to that. So that is a cause for optimism. As you said, Carl, the human body is incredible in its rejuvenative capacity. It's amazing what it can withstand and tolerate and recover and recuperate from. It's incredible. Like I work in a hospital and I see it all the time, the power of the human body and the human mind to overcome and recover from uh, amazing illnesses and indeed injuries. So the lungs are no different in that respect. You're doing harm to them by smoking. And for the, the, the longer you continue smoking, the more harm you're likely to be doing but you can recover a huge amount of that uh if if you if you cease and discontinue um the risk of heart attack and stroke declines within one month of giving up uh as does the risk of associated disease so after one year coronary heart disease drops to half that of a current smoker and as i said lung function will have reached pretty much normal levels okay so and then there are additional benefits to quitting such as improved taste and smell and um, that rings true for me i was never really a smoker but club 92 <laughs> which i frequented club in 92 the, in the if 90s if you're listening in club club 92 is <laughs> an institution up in leopard sound in dublin in the 90s absolutely i think i met yeah. there once as I, li- I lived in mead but it was certainly the the pinnacle of coolness and lots of smokers were there that's for sure that was and you would smell your clothes and hair for days unless you had you know you bleached them or or had a shower <laughs> which you know was obviously a necessary thing the day after but yeah you could just you know smell 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 again you know and the even the exposure to that secondhand smoke in in, in clubs or nightclubs at the time you know would, would alter your smell and taste for 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 certainly did for me for like a day or two afterwards you know and um, improved bodily tissue healing so again in the hospital here they don't perform surgeries necessarily on everybody 
and particularly if like you know it's not a given even if you need it and for someone who smokes heavily sometimes they require them to actually give up because the 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 wound healing is not going to occur as effectively if they continue to smoke so that's again just something to kind of you know take stock of wider teeth perhaps is a benefit too to giving up improved lung function goes without saying Um, and look you save yourself a fortune I had an inspirational mentor during my PhD. She, she supervised me and she was smoking heavily at the time. And during my PhD, she gave it up and she had a project. All the money she saved from smoking accumulated and she bought herself a sports car, right? Now make up that what you hey. will. But <laughs> it, it accumulated pretty rapidly. Um, so yeah, you could, you could kind of earmark it for some reward uh, uh, as well. And let's chat. Um, I'm fascinated by your answer to this one. Let's chat vaping then. Uh, not 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 as an option to quitting, but just generally around vaping. And is it better? Is it not? Is it addictive? Is it not? Should we be selling them on the on the high street? Should we not? Yeah, and I I'm almost immediately uncomfortable or unsettled because first of all, I'm not an authority on this. I know I'm not like giving advice to people. I'm just perhaps commenting and sharing mm-hmm. some thoughts on the matter. And it is a bit of a controversial one, right? Like. The HSE doesn't recommend it. It's not part of the recommended kind of package for giving up uh, smoking. Uh, Unlike nicotine replacement therapy patches and chewing gums and those kinds of options. Um, And and that same sentiment is shared abroad too, uh, whether it's the CDC or WHO. Like they haven't really embraced vaping. So again, that's, that's relevant. And I think necessary just to, you know, have included in the the discussion of this. Um, Mm And that said, there is accumulating evidence that it can really help and prove quite effective at helping people to give up. So for me, really, my thoughts on it are going to be shaped and influenced mostly by harm is going to take place. Harm is being done. Some people approach things from the point of view of how can we eliminate harm altogether? I am not going to share that view. I'm going to probably be more from the school of thought that's about minimizing harm mitigating harm and for me vaping is a viable or valid option in that respect and i've seen a number of research studies that kind of round in on five to ten to fifteen percent of those that use vaping as a method of smoking cessation as part of their strategy uh, are, are quite effective as in it's double doubly effective than nicotine replacement therapies. Um, And that's from randomized controlled trials where people who are trying to give up are randomly assigned to one of two groups, one of which is vaping, one of which is nicotine replacement. And the vapors seem to succeed in their quest to give up uh, at, at double the rate than nicotine replacement, which is interesting. Now, the concerns around it are also noteworthy in the sense that it's not without its harms. Obviously, there's nicotine in it, and I think that's where the concerns on many a health professional are coming from in terms of adolescent use and, you know, trying to not allow any exposure to vaping amongst uh, developing minds and, and bodies, um, and, and that's, that's understandable. Um, and, and in an unregulated market, too, you're not really sure what's in them. I, like every time I go to Tesco these days with my six-year-old and three-year-old, we walk by the vaping counter as I try to bribe them with chocolate chip cookies to keep them quiet in the trolley while I run around the place. And yeah, I just, I'm always struck by like, what are those things? You know, where, like, you know, 
it does have a very unregulated feel. And I think that's just amplified further in the American context too, where there's all sorts in some of the vaping products. So, so yeah, they're, they're, if they're going to become legitimized, I think they need to be more regulated. I think they need to be more mainstream and less sort of, uh, you know, corner shop selling them. They need to be kind of a, a health product. Uh, and we're a little early in the evolution of this, I think, for that to be the case. So, yeah, the evidence and data is emerging. I think it's fair to say if you're going to take them, you need to get advice on what one to get. Don't just buy it in the store that's on that's on the corner or buy it in a mainstream a supermarket or something like that. Maybe go to your GP, go to someone who's quite, you know, medical qualifications, say, look, this is the one to take. This is the one that we've seen the research on. A, fascin- a really interesting answer. It's it's fascinating. The fact, you know, it, it, the WHO, HC don't necessarily recommend them, but actually the studies are showing they do help people if you're coming off them. And that can only be, you know, it's it's the lesser harm in, the, in, in, that, in that respect, which is a good thing. Um, the key thing now I, I want to go to is if people want to give up. So say there's people listening in or they're going to chat to a relative after this about giving up, about quitting. What do they do? Where do they go to? Is it going to, you know, the hcquit.ie uh, website? Is it, do they go to their GP? And then what are the steps around giving up? Yeah, you've just taken my answer out of my mouth. <laughs> hcquit.ie, <laughs> quit smoking. In a way, it's a, it's a really good online resource, uh, as it were. And it's going to have, here's the thing. There, there is so much out there. You know, there are loads of resources. And I think ultimately, if I was talking to a, person whether it's a loved one or a patient in the hospital here or someone just asking my advice in this instance yourself you know, if, if someone's looking to give up smoking it's got to come from them they've got to have a reason to do it you know and for me i'm always about often about framing things meaningfully right if you're going to commit to something it's got to mean something to you otherwise your your chances of continuing persevering are really diminished so if you're giving up, be really clear about why it is you want to give up. If you have kids, it might be longevity, quality of life years, grandparenting down the road, whatever it might be. Uh, make it matter, you know, really purposeful and meaningful to you. And, and then explore what it is you need to do to help yourself achieve that goal. Part of it might be altering lifestyle in other ways too. Engaging with healthcare professionals, as you say, have a chat to your GP about it, especially if you have a good relationship with them. Uh, there might be a smoking cessation point of contact in a healthcare facility you attend. I know there might be, here, certainly is it here in the hospital. There often is in, in the, the, the hospitals across the country. Um, that's another resource. There can be support lines around this too that can just give some guidance. Um, and there's nicotine replacement therapies available in most pharmacies and through your you know uh, medical points of contact as well um, and alter lifestyle in ways that complement that particular objective so if you're looking to be to quit smoking because you want to live more healthily and be be healthier what are you going to do aside from quitting smoking that's going to also ac- help you accomplish that objective that overarching objective and that might be just slight increase in exercise I, that word exercise can jar with some people i prefer activity right just get more active whatever i don't really care what it is you do just as long as you do it and possibly you know 
addressing some aspect of your dietary habits as well. Uh, like, yeah, transformative changes. I know you come from a show with that word in it, uh, but, <laughs> you know, are hard to sustain, aren't they? Unless you've got a team yeah, of, of professionals hounding you, breathing down your back, uh, you know, and on top <laughs> of everything you do, and for a good reason. But it, you, that's not real world. So if you're doing this re- small changes here and there, but look, everything and anything really that's going to work for you in terms of helping you to accomplish such a noble objective as quitting the habit of smoking, which is a tricky thing to do, but it is so possible and made all the easier through nicotine replacement therapies. And for some people, maybe vaping and indeed a, a host of other, a suite of other changes that can help too. And again, a great answer. So it's very much like, you know, any objective, any goal that you want to set yourself, you've got to have the right reason. You've got to surround yourself with people to help you achieve it. You've got to get the expert help where required, if it's required. And it's those small changes, that 1% rule, uh, like we interviewed James Steer uh, a couple of months ago from Atomic Habits. It's that 1% rule over the course of time. Don't try the big dramatic aim for long-term change, look for help if you need it. The hsecquit.e uh, website is fantastic. We've used it with lots of clients. It's really, really, really good. And go and see a professional if you need to. And your GP will always be there to help you if required. They'll point you in the right direction too. Dr. Damien Larry, it's been fascinating to have you on the show. If people want to follow you on uh, Twitter, where can they find you? Yeah, I've changed my handle recently. I only learned you could do that from, uh, well, I won't say what from, but to Psychology Demo. I, it's not the most imaginative, but there you go. If they want to follow me on Twitter, that'd be great. <laughs> That's fantastic, folks. Give Dr. Jamie Larry a follow on Twitter. He's full of useful information. That's absolutely for sure. That's all we have time for Unreal Health this week. Many thanks to Dr. Damien Larry, Senior Counseling Psychologist and Charter Member of the Psychological Society of Ireland for joining me on the show. Folks, we'll be back next week. If you enjoyed today's chat, A, forward it on to a loved one or someone who may smoke. They may enjoy it. It's a very relaxed approach to helping people quit smoking, but full of content and full of information. Don't forget to rate and review. And as ever, we will see you next week with more Real Health. We'll see you soon. So long, folks. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.